Hey, Tim, how's it going? Oh, yeah, it's going on. Do you have coronavirus? No, I don't have coronavirus. I don't that you know of. That I know of. I may have already got it. But I am getting, uh, you know, I'm getting lots of overtime at work. There are, they're they're imposing all these. What's that? You get paid overtime? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's good. Yeah, there's a lot of people um, off sick with not with corona but you know they might have been exposed or a family member's isolated or they've got a sniffle or a cough mm-hmm. and so now as soon as you have a sniffle or a cough at work you're automatically off from work for two weeks we can't have you at work for the next two weeks because you might have the covid so perfect you know there are people that are just having sniffles that are creating you know having to stay at home can't work so it's just over time for the rest of us i guess I'm just hoping yeah. I don't get the sniffles because I'm cleaning up right now. But yeah, I'll be in Canada hopefully by the time this airs. But to, right, but Friday is the attempt. How are you going to get home? Are they still letting people cross the border? You're in Alabama. Yeah, it's essential. People can still cross the border, and it's a long list of what's essential. But I think you're allowed to return home still. But aren't you a non-essential? I'm a non-essential. I'm an essential. You're a non-essential. I think I'm allowed to return home still, but we'll okay. see. If not. Uh, Dude, we don't need non-essential people here in Canada. We just need the essentials. We I mean, if separate. they don't let me, I'll just go to Texas. Probably is my thing. It's so funny because this is essentially what they're accused. They always accuse capitalists of doing, right? Of like being the the elite, looking down on poor people like they're a, a underclass or a bad class or something like that, right? And now yeah. the government is essentially drawing a line, saying you're essential, you're not. Right. Um, I Thomas saw a funny Poole. meme. I saw I saw a funny meme the other day. It said. If you're non-essential and you and you uh, come across an essential, your job is to lay on the ground, spread your legs, and do not and do not impede his operation. Uh, do your patriotic duty, non-essential, or something like that. Right. Yeah. Thomas Sowell has he's really been funny lately with his tweets about the you know what the left's motivations actually are and how it's right. very much in line with this. But rather than go down another COVID rabbit hole, I want, even though we'll still talk about it, because this we're going to do another virtue, uh, continue our virtue series and talk about independence. And this is directly applicable, actually, to what's going on now uh, with COVID. But I'll give a brief overview of the virtue of independence, and then we can dive into it. So in one of the formulations of all of the virtues, this is held as the last one that's like, very much part and parcel with rationality. So we talked about integrity and honesty already, but so rationality is that, you know, you have to use your reason, right? And independence is saying you have to use it. No one can think for you. You have to think for yourself. And that's really the the crux of independence. And the second part of it is you have to have a primary orientation to reality, not other men right? You have to pay attention to what is actually going on rather than what people claim is going on and what happens to be their thoughts about what's going on. You have to look at reality and use your mind to form your own judgments. And so that like is- if people are, if there's a horde of people running to the toilet paper aisle, you shouldn't, shouldn't just blindly follow them. Right. You, know you shouldn't. Saying? Yeah. You shouldn't think, oh, like people are getting toilet paper. So clearly toilet paper is really important to get. I should get toilet paper too. You have to think, okay, no, do I have enough toilet paper? What is the use of toilet paper? How much do I need? Right. Right? And so it's really about focusing on that. 
And so there's two different formulations that are really popular to kind of concretize independence, because basically most of the Fountainhead, the book by Ayn Rand, is about independence, or it's like a major, uh, not theme, but a major thing in it. So one of them is the first-hander versus the second-hander, or the creator versus the second-hander. And so there are people who live by their own mind. So they live, they think and they form their own judgments, and they live by their own productive work. And productive work is a very specific definition, which we'll get into in a different episode. But then there are second-handers who just live off of others. And there are two types of second-handers, which are also called parasites. There's the looters and the moochers. The looters are the, you know, the government robbers who will actually take your stuff that you've produced. But the moochers are the ones who just try and get you to feel they guilt you into giving it yourself, right? They won't come and rob you, but they'll try and get you to give them the things that you've produced. But really independence, what it comes down to first and foremost is forming your own judgments, right? Thinking for yourself because no one else can think for you. A collective doesn't think there is no hive mind. It is up to each individual to think for themselves and to be dedicated to thinking for themselves. So I'm interested in your thoughts on that generally and how it applies to you, but also it is directly relevant to the last episode around how no one is doing that. People are just accepting what's fed to them and not thinking critically at all and seemingly not thinking at all. Um, And that really comes down to people have been trained to let others think for them, whether it's teacher, whether it's government, independence go Kim uh, yeah no I I definitely agree with you you know I I uh, I wasn't much of an ind- well that's not true I've always been somewhat of an independent thinker because the truth has been super important to me it was it was drilled into my brain like I said that I will go to hell if my beliefs don't line up with reality and so I've always been trying to find the truth and I've been never been able to get it from the people around me or at least to my satisfaction so I've, I've continually had to hone that that thinking skill myself because there was no one around to help me to help me hone it I guess as a kid right but I think and I think most people you know I had a relatively uh, good childhood it was peaceful um, you know my, the, the people that I, I uh, was completely dependent on as a child to survive uh, they they gave me unconditional love I didn't have to you know um, I, I wasn't issued threats of violence and all these kinds of things for the most part as, as a child. Right. And so I didn't have to, to create stories and narratives in my head that put my parents on a pedestal, even though they were abusing me or something. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of, um, of people who, who can't think clearly and can't operate independently, let's say, and continually demand that authorities, and uh, those that they project the parent uh, figure onto and, you know, the, the, the liberals who want a mom in charge and the conservatives who want a dad in charge. Mm-hmm. These are people that probably have unprocessed childhood trauma that is clouding their judgment, clouding their thinking and, and causing them to think as if they are dependents, as if they are dependent on, even though they're adults now and should be self-actualized and independent they are looking to these authority figures for because they're essentially dependent on them. Right. And, and to me, it's like they, they've been trained this way. 
as children, you know, because if you have parents that demand that use force um, to demand obedience to just arbitrary obedience, right? Uh, you know, I'm not talking about parent grabs you from running out on the freeway or pulls your hand away from a hot stove. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about um, you, you did something I didn't like. And therefore, I'm going to hit you and I'm going to lock you in your room and I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to inflict punishment on you. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think kids that grow up in these environments either become people that want to impose that kind of, have that kind of power for themselves, or they, they want to appease that kind of power and, and they feel comfortable with it and they want it, right? And this explains, I think, a lot of dependence versus independence. Yeah, and I think I've not actually thought that much about the kind of parental nature of dependence versus independence, but it makes perfect sense to me as I think about it now. I was talking with a friend on Monday about basically about how do I get control, like how does someone get full control of their own life? How do they self-actualize or whatever? And what I said to him is you basically have to become your own mother and father right? You have right. to really think of yourself as that kid. And from both perspectives, both stereotypical perspectives, what is best for me? What life do I want that kid to lead and these sorts of things. And people don't take on that responsibility for themselves. So they don't think independently. And one thing that objectivism holds is if you're, if you're dependent, you're essentially out of control. You don't have control of your own life, because whoever you're dependent on is who's in control of your life. And that's yeah. true whether or not you have people with power over you or you take power over people, right? So because uh, taking power over people, the, the, the kind of top example is the one of the main characters in The Fountainhead who tries to kind of be this newspaper overlord who controls all of the masses, he thinks, but really he just has to feed them what they want, which is what we talked about you know, the media isn't able to actually sway the public. The public has control because the media needs to feed them, to feed themselves. And so the media is more dependent on the public than the public is dependent on the media. And so no matter how you, if you have a, if you have a primary orientation towards other men, if you have a focus on them as the most important thing, you are dependent on them no matter what, no matter how you try and make that dependence, whether you subjugate them or subjugate yourselves. And I think a lot of it, the analogy of parenthood does make sense, right? Um, you know, I, John Mulaney was on Colbert and he was talking about when he was a kid, like you just get dragged places. You don't get to decide. You don't get input. Someone else is deciding what's best for you. And so many people actually still want that because they don't want the responsibility and the difficulty for sure of deciding things for themselves. No, that's exactly right. And that's, you know, uh, this kind of arbitrariness of authority, right? It's like, uh, I need you to do this. Why? Because I told you to, and I'm the authority, right? How many parents have pulled that one out? Right. Mm -hmm. And what does that do to the kid? Right. It's like, okay, this person that I'm completely dependent on for my survival, that's, uh, you know, 10 times more powerful than me um, is, is uh, telling me to just do it because they said so. That's the reason, right? So you get obedience uh, and you get the kind of behavior you want, but you don't get it for the reasons you want, right? Ideally, as a parent, we should want our kids to 
um, to brush their teeth because they understand why it's good for them and want to do it, right? Or eat their vegetables because they understand why and that it's good for them. And, or that they, they shouldn't hit their, their brother or they should behave a particular way or be polite in, in, uh, when you're out at, at the restaurant that they should want to do it for do good for goodness sakes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that there are good reasons to want to do that, but to, you know, to, when you tell them to do those things and get the results you want, um, they're not internalizing why they're doing those things. In fact, they're internalizing, I'm doing these things because an authority told me to, and that's, what's good. And so they don't know then how to operate in the world from their own first principles, from examining why it is from, you know, and that sort of thing. Well, and that's exactly what, I mean, the right and the left, but I think the left in particular pushes repeatedly, right? Like the, they know what's good and you should just listen to what's good, right? And when yeah. people don't, I had a big falling out with friends over whether or not plastic straws should be banned, right? And it's no, people aren't smart enough to know what's good for them. We have to force them to not use plastic straws, right? Yeah. And and just not understanding that that is the wrong way of thinking about it. But like being meta on that point as well, independence calls you to judge everything that is man-made. So including the societal systems, including the government systems, but people just take, I mean, and I find young people, young people in Canada in particular, take the kind of governmental social system for granted. And again, this connects to the idea of statheism, right? But I think it's so important. And it's interesting to note that what, you know, one of the things that made Ayn Rand so interesting is that she even questioned the very use of concepts, like all concepts, all words essentially are man-made. And is this accurate? Does this actually make sense? Whereas most people take everything in the language for granted, but what is it trying to accomplish? And again, this connects with, you know, uh, Corbett was talking about coronavirus and he was talking about the concept social distancing and how that's a widely used concept now. Everyone knows what it means. And it's if you don't social distance and now there's COVID it, right? And like language is really powerful. Right. And so, but it's about even questioning what is the valid use? Why are we using these terms? But people don't, like there's so many layers now, it seems of what people don't question at all and just take for granted. Yeah, I know that's absolutely right. I mean, you know, we we see it everywhere and it's not just the left, it's the right as well. You know, like uh, someone says uh, illegal aliens or whatever, right? Like they're illegal. That that means they're bad. Well, okay, Mm. why is illegal automatically associated with bad? What if the law is unjust? What if the law is immoral? What if it's your duty to, how do you know it's not your duty to break the law Mm. and be illegal? And then would you be bad, right? So people just, you know, they can't think. And at the same time, they would say, oh, well, the Nazis are obviously bad, even though they were doing things legal, but they don't understand how, you know, so there's just a complete lack of looking, being able to see themselves in a mirror, right? And notice that this is why I think vampire myths are so powerful because people are completely narcissistic. Uh, They can't see themselves in the mirror and they're parasites. They want to suck the blood off of other people. Yeah. And so the last point I'll, I'll bring up with respect to another good reason to buy silver right now (laughs) because of all the vampires. Yeah. So the, I think, yeah, you know, two things to kind of 
just mention with respect to independence. One is re-bringing up the idea of the parasite, the second-hander, the looter, the moocher, right? All of these terms are used, and it's one of the major things that makes people view objectivists or randians or randroids or whatever in a very negative light, as if like, oh, screw those people, right? Like, oh, if anyone needs my help, like F them, they can stick it and fend for themselves, where it's very much not the case, but it's about what is your primary orientation and someone shouldn't want you to sacrifice them yourself for them, right? They shouldn't want to rob you or suck you dry, right? So it's actually that it's trying to highlight the negative aspects of what they're doing, but it's not saying, and so this brings the other point, it's not saying an independent person is an isolated person that lives completely isolated from the rest of the world and doesn't care about anyone else at all. It's about a primary orientation. My first and foremost thing I live for is not other people, but other people are extremely important and are values to me. And they're like, it's just, and I'm not, so it's not, oh, everyone who's independent needs to go live on a desert island. It's, it's about, you have to, within the world, choose for yourself what is good, choose for yourself what is right. And you can factor in other people, but it's just making sure you are aware of how you're factoring them in. And so an example that comes to mind, you know, I asked uh, one of the philosophers about certain professions and like, for example, a talent agent, isn't a talent agent inherently second-handed because they're focused on how to, you know, get their clients ahead, not themselves, but their profession is that, right? So it's as, right. so it's like he said, it's, it's a occupational hazard. It might be that it's slightly easier to become like living for others if you're a celebrity or a talent agent or a social media influencer and to let them impact your decisions and your life. But that's not inherent. And it's about knowing what value they have, what role they have and keeping that sort of distance. And so I just wanted to highlight that aspect of, no, I still very much care about other people. I still very much care about the world generally, and I'm a benevolent person, I want to help people. I just don't think that's what I live for. It's not my primary goal in my life. Well, yeah, I mean, look, uh, in, interdependence is important as well, right? And, and I will make the case that you can't be interdependent uh, without being independent first, um, because your relationships will all be codependent at best mm-hmm. if you don't have independence, right? So, you know, you could say that uh, a person that de- demands government do something, that that's a kind of a codependent relationship. Um, you know, the, the politician needs the voter to praise him in order to get his power. Right. The voter needs the politician to uh, provide the illusion of security because that's what he demands. Right. But neither of them are, you know, independent in a set. The, the politician right. essentially becomes a caricature that the voters want him to be and the voters become the dependent um, succulents that uh, the politician needs them to be. Right. So, and, right. and so I just wanted to highlight that and what, what you talk about. And so this idea of, of being interdependent and, and, and contributing and reliant even on your community as an independent person, th- those two things are not, uh, you know, interdependence and independence are, are closely are, are needed, right? They, they're mm-hmm. both needed and they're not counterfactual. They're not antithesis of each other. In fact, 
you need independence to have proper interdependence, I would say. And, and the reason I would say that also is because, you know, when I did my grad degree, my thesis was on uh, self-organizing fire teams. And, you know, what I had to figure out was, okay, what is self-organizing fire team versus, you know, an authoritarian fire team versus, mm. you know, what are the, what are the different modes, right? And what I discovered, what I looked at was there are essentially three different ways that, that a fire team can show up. Well, well, there's essentially two ways. One is you have a, a, a commander, an incident commander, who's a dictator, mm. in other words, and, and that creates, um, all sorts of dysfunction on the team so your team will either stand there and wait for orders even when they know they could be doing something productive and solving the problem or they will start freelancing in other words they'll go off on their own and without any regard to what the rest of the team's doing and not work in coordination both those things are bad and so what we want ideally on the fire ground is people who initiate action in coordination with the team so in other words they recognize that standing around doing nothing isn't good and that operating in opposition to the team isn't good and that their interest, their goal here in this situation is to put out the fire as fast as possible and save lives. And that's also everyone else's goal on that team. And, and so they, their best way of doing that is to operate independently in coordination with the team. And so together they're independent, interdependent on each other to put this fire out but they're all operating, initiating action in coordination with the team. And so that is, I think, a perfect description of what entrepreneurs do, what free thinking people do, uh, in, independent people do in a community, right? Yeah, and that's exactly like it highlights that, no, societies are very important. Communities are extremely important. I don't want to create all of my own food and all of my own knowledge. I want, objectivism might have a, uh, like they might flinch at the word interdependent in this usage, but I agree right. with exactly what you're talking about. And it is, no, there is huge value to coordinate and live with and be interdependent with the community, the society. But it's, again, it's for my benefit as well. It's best for me to put out right. the fire. It's best for me to coordinate. And I want to live in a community where everyone is thriving and happy. I want all of my neighbors to have food and so we can have a great time together and live the best life possible. I want that environment for myself, but I'm not going to sacrifice for that, right? And I think what you talked about as well before the fire example about the politicians and that sort of thing, it really highlights that in if you are dependent on someone in any sense, whether it's you, you do things just to piss people off, or you try to get power over people, or you lie to people, then your reality is attached to those people. And you're not actually independent because they have control over an aspect of your life, over where you gave them power or where you took power, over the lie if they found it out. And so it's it's not, you're not actually independent if you try and exploit others either. And it's about being independent so you can interact properly with one another and bringing it to the example you brought of relationships, close relationships and love. A healthy relationship is two people walking on a path together, not one carrying the other person or that sort of thing. And what they say, I forget which book it is, but it's before you can say, I love you, you need to be able to say I, right? You need to be a person before you can love another person properly. Yeah, uh, totally. And, you know, like, 
the thing I want, the reason I think I'm bringing up this idea of interdependence is because I think, I don't think libertarians have a problem being independent, right? They're right. independent to a, th- a fault. Like they, they won't work on teams because as soon as the team doesn't, is doing something they don't like or that they don't agree with, they just take their ball and go home, right? right. But what I want to drive home is there are trade-offs and there are that, that you're making, right? So mm-hmm. like, um, you know, if you're living in a private community or let's say a private city where there's a private city owner, well, if you want to live in that city, you're going to have to pay that city owner a fee, an annual fee to maintain the roads and the public infrastructure and all those kinds of things. Like right now we call them taxes because they're, it's coerced, but in a mm-hmm. private society, you would be making a conscious choice of, look, I, I don't want to live as a hermit because then I have to do everything, right? I have to go right. gather my food. I have to go hunt. I have to build my thing. I have to figure out how, you know, whereas living in a city offers all sorts of freedom if I'm willing to pay this fee. Okay, mm-hmm. It's a trade-off. I want that freedom of only having to focus on what I'm specially good at and be able to just go to the grocery store, or go here, or go there. I'm going to pay a fee to live in that society. And, and it's the same with working in teams or in organizations. Um, or even like a fire ground, like my incident commander might not make the decisions, the, the decisions that I would make if I were in his shoes. And on the one hand, I could just throw up my hand, take my ball and go home and say, screw this. I, I don't want to be here anymore, but I love my job. I want to save lives. I want to put out fires and I'm going to get to do that. And, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to listen to his, uh, to his orders or to his guidance. Right. Um, even if it, even if I think it's wrong in the moment, it's still, better to do something than not do something. Uh, And then we can discuss afterwards. And so there, there are good reasons to be part of a team, you know, and, and I bring this up because we see libertarians jump ship all the time from the political party because they don't, they disagree with one little thing or one decision that the leader makes or something like that, Mm -hmm. or someone in the, in the organization makes. And they're like, well, screw this. I'm just, this is all BS. Right. And they go off. Well, you can be independent and work together. You just have to understand the trade-offs, right? You have to yeah. be able to say, okay, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to tolerate this thing. I don't like, this is a negative aspect of it, but the greater, the, there, there's a greater thing I can get out of this. If my goal is to spread Liberty or whatever, uh, I'm still going to be able to do that more effectively in this organization. Even if some people are making suboptimal decisions, uh, then if I go off all on my own and try to be an Island out there on my own, Right. And so this really brings in, brings us back to integrity. And so when we were talking about integrity, I brought up independence a few times as well, because they really go hand in hand. Independence is about forming your own judgments and your own principles. And then integrity is acting on those when you have them. So like I had mentioned in the integrity episode, I had thought I had trouble with independence, but actually I've realized I had trouble with my integrity because I often did come to my own conclusions, but I sub, I sub subverted them. But I think the reason, so I think, yeah, people, the libertarians might have issue because the, the word compromise is kind of two terms conflated. There's compromising on principles and there's compromising just generally, right? And so I, I don't think people should ever compromise on principles. And that's where integrity comes in. So if they really do drop the party because they think there's a fundamental difference or, for example, why objectivists don't like the libertarian, quote unquote, movement, right? It's because they think there's major differences on principles. 
but zooming out to working on teams, being part of a community generally, compromising just on a specific issue in a specific setting does not subvert all of your integrity, all of your independence, right? If you and I negotiate a salary and you want 10 grand and I want 15 and we agree on 12 grand or whatever, that's technically a compromise, but neither of us are giving up our principles. We have different views and we can try and decide if we agree or not. And we can also walk away. Right. And so integrity is such an important, it basically goes hand in hand with independence um, with the intellectual aspect of independence, because you do want to live on your principles and you need to form those principles yourself. But you also have to realize that there are huge benefits to be gained from interacting in teams and communities and societies. Right. Well, uh, and, 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 you know, to use another example, like you can be an anarchist and drive on roads, right? You're not sacrificing your principle by driving on road or taking public health care, going, sending your kids to public school or working for the government or doing any of these things. Those, the, those are just, that's the reality of the world we live in. You, you would like to change it if you could, um, but you're not, you know, you, you have to live in order mm-hmm. to, to enact your principles. And if the only way you can live is to operate in the system as it is, then you have to operate in the system as it is. You know, Walter Block uses an extreme example that I'm not super comfortable with, and you probably won't be either, but I'm going to bring it up here anyways. That's uh, You know, he, he brings up the idea of should a libertarian be a Nazi prison guard, right? If you're in Nazi Germany and you know, that, and your goal is to save as many lives as possible, um, do you become a Nazi prison guard, right? And so he says, well, yeah, I think it would be better that only that you know like you're still going to have to push some oh god this is terrible you're going to have to push some jews into the oven or you'll be fired but let's say you just do half as many and you can get away with that right is that better than having a guy that's that loves his job that has no problem with it doing it right and he says well his argument is yeah and okay walter is a jew as well right so it sounds oh, better okay. coming from him no that, yeah yeah that's it but, but he likes to use extreme examples. And then and his argument is, yes, you know, that, that this prison guard should be thanked, but also be, be subject to judgment afterwards by family members. But he said it would be the moral thing to do. It wouldn't be in, in contrast with your principles to try to save lives, right? That's so, a very interesting an extreme example. example. I, my yeah. gut reaction, let's call it, is that I would disagree with that assessment but I'd have to think more because that's a complicated example I've not thought of. The example. Well, it, yeah, go ahead. I don't, I mean, I'm just kind of going to brush over that example because I don't want to think on the spot about it because right. I don't have a good it's answer. It's a very uncomfortable example. It's, Walter has lots of. Like, lots it's of, not that it's uncomfortable. I think it's complicated, right? Like it is a right. very difficult situation because he's technically saving lives. And I, yeah, so I'll, we can talk about, let's just well, have an episode and, and on I'll, that. I'll give you another example. Like John, John Taylor Gatto. I remember he, he is this public but school. Wait, this, that, we're on it. We're, we're talking about independence. So we're going right. to, we're, we're off keel on integrity now. So. Okay, sure, sure. Sorry. Yeah, I no, wanna, that's okay. I want to just bring up one more thing about independence. No, but, it, but it's important as, as it relates to, um, like you might be in situations where it's difficult to be your own person. In other words, like to act as if you 
what right okay let's use another there's example. a lot of scenarios where it's very difficult to actually know what you think right know what do i think is the best thing in this situation and what or to or to act, act yeah. in a free way as an independent person right so you yeah. another example would be you are in a prison camp right you're a jew in a prison camp uh you can't escape you, you don't have any real choices available to to you in one sense you can't act independently because you can't do the things you want but you can still maintain integrity to your your principles and to your purpose right you can still be an independent person i i would say in a in the sense that your thoughts are still right. your own within the framework of freedom that you're allowed or that you have you can act on your principles in an independent way and so you know i, mm. I can't remember the name of the guy uh, was it Frankel, Victor Frankel, or man's search for meaning is Victor Frankel. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, the 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 thesis was that you could still find intense happiness even in the worst situation, and mm. to me, that is the the epitome of uh, independence in a sense of being able to freely think. I don't think that dependent on others, but yeah, I I think to be able to freely think is the is what independence is, but I don't think it's necessarily to find happiness in a worst, in the worst possible situation. Cause I mean, to me, a man's search for meaning, it's a bit deluding yourself, right? It's like just trying to find what makes you happy, even if there's nothing to be happy about. And I don't, well, no, it's, all it's, of his examples. Uh, it's the Petersonian uh, view too, right? Like there are always things you can do right up to the moment of your death um, to essentially find meaning there there are things that you can focus on there there are choices right, but to be made in the way you think even up to the point you you die that can improve your life in that moment or in your right, I, moments, right? i'm not and i think that's a i'm just saying that's a different issue than independence because you could take that meaning from what someone tells you and you just kind of accept it without thinking it about it critically. Well, i don't know if it is i don't know if it is different though because if you are completely um if you're completely uh, controlled by your environment, by the fates, by whatever is going on, by your physical ailment, um, then aren't you kind of saying that your that your emotional state is completely dependent on external factors, or your right. thoughts are completely dependent on external factors? I would bring up the opposite example to prove my point: is that I think Viktor Frankl, for example, would say that if the if you're a Jew and the rabbi tells you, oh, like find meaning in this aspect of God and you believe it and you do, that's still finding the meaning and that's not independent, right? That would be right. why I don't think they're like tied together, right? Because mm. yeah. with, with objectivism, it's you have to be rational first, right? Independence yes. is with respect to a rational mind. And I think right, the right. meaning stuff is not always rational and it's kind of, can be sometimes fooling yourself a little bit. Some of his examples, it's just like but, trying but, to, but I would say almost every, ex but I would say that's an example of dependence, right? You're dependent on this fake story to find happiness, right? So it's kind of like taking a right, yeah. and imagining that you're being fulfilled somehow, even though it makes you feel happy in the moment. Right. Um, I, and I think that's what some of what Frankel talked like advocates. In my opinion. Okay. Of, yeah, of, I, I haven't actually read it. I just know the general thesis of the book. Okay. And, and what I took of it from it is that no matter how bad things are, you can always find something positive, some, some locus of internal control and focus that you can concentrate on that, that can change your state 
your mental state, your physical, your emotional state and that sort of thing, right? There's always a locus of control there, no matter how bad. Okay. That to me is an empowering message. And that is ultimately a very in line with independence. Right. Okay. I can always be in control. To me, that is independence. Right. Okay. I see the connection. Everything outside control me kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. I understand the connection now. I'd have to think more about how exactly I view it as kind of integrating. But I under uh, I do understand the point. Well, and, so and, that, and that and that and that's why I say and that you know because when we talk about integrity and its relation to independence, um, you know, and I brought up that unfortunate Nazi guard uh, yeah. example, um, and, or, or the idea of driving on roads, or the idea of you know, like I think you can even run as a politician in the Conservative Party as an anarchist and as an ANCAP and maintain independence and integrity. Um, right. You know, if you understand the game you're playing mm-hmm. and what you have to do to play it in order to achieve the goals you're trying to in that, in that environment. Right. And, and uh, John Taylor Gatto brings this up. Like he sent a letter to his niece that talked about um, being a chameleon sometimes, like for your own survival, you need to understand how others think. You need to be able to blend in, act like them, behave like them, but always know deep in your heart what your principles are and look for your opportunities. Well, right? see, that, that I, I don't think we have time to dive into it, but I don't think that is having integrity. Integrity is acting on your principles. So blending in and going with the crowd isn't having integrity, right? Oh, yes, it is, because you need, survive, you need to be able to survive, right? Like if you were acting on your integrities, if, you're, if, if your principle was to be free, well, the, the immediate thing you would do is start killing politicians and police. No, I, so this, Prison we're getting way, whatever, right? no, I think we're getting you way on the road. You from, as a hermit. No, I don't think that's you true have to operate within, but you, you have to operate within the system you're in, right? Your survival is paramount or you can't have, right. That. But that's not the same as being a chameleon and going into a place and then changing who you are to fit into that place. Right. Like, I can. Well, you're not changing who you are. You're changing who. That, that this was. This you're was changing how you act, and I then. Right. So at least from objectivism's perspective, no, that is, like, you are not. You do not have integrity if you are consistently acting against your own principles, right? And so you can walk on a road. Uh, objectivists pay taxes. Right, but rationality. Why do they pay taxes then? Because they're forced to, right? Like they're when so. When you're forced to do something, uh, that's where your mind stops, right? Like you, you cannot think a way out of being forced to pay taxes. And, and so it's different than putting yourself into situations where you then like knowingly or willingly, I agree that you could be an anarchist in the conservative party if you stick to your principles and everyone knows you're an anarchist, but the idea of like trying to- Why would everyone have to know that? Because you're trying to advocate your principles, or if you're just pretending to be an anarchist, pretending to be a conservative, to then get to the top and then say, oh, wow, I'm an anarchist. That's not independence, right? That's lying to people. That's not integrity. And then you're reliant because you're trying to get power by giving them what they need and thinking, oh, once I have a certain status, I'll be able to execute my values but the status you will have gotten will have been built on you feeding them what they want, right? And so that's kind of the example with Gail Winand is he gives people what they want, thinking it's giving him power to do what he would need when he would want to do it. 
But then he found out, well, his very power is built upon their sanction, them having given him that power. And so I don't think that. And so it's, that's kind of a typical example of this. Po- Do you have to be corrupt to succeed in politics or does right, politics right. corrupt? Absolutely. Okay. Well, right. I mean, this is a troubling thought for me. and I'll tell you why, because, you know, I'm thinking at this point in my career, I need to start thinking about being a fire chief at some point, right? Yeah. Now I can't act like a libertarian party leader if I'm gonna be fire chief. In other words, I can't wear my principles on my sleeve and expect that I'm gonna get a promotion. In a, you know, I have to work for, for within the government norms, let's say. Mm. So I can't be an anti-tax protesting. I, I can in certain circumstances when I know there's a, a level of trust, but mm. my ability to put food on my family's table would be threatened if, I didn't behave a certain way. And I think this is also true probably in a lot of the business world when you're trying to, um, to be responsible to your shareholders and different things like that. And, and you're refusing to, um, you know, like you just won't talk with the politician or something like that because you think they're dirty scum. Um, when that politic, you know, so I, I don't know, I, I, I'm struggling with this and it might just be my own bias towards, I don't want to live a life of poverty because <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll feel more integrity. I'm trying to find a loophole here, I guess, no. to, to figure out if I can have integrity and be a so, fire chief. There's two things, right? So again, being a fire chief or being in a business where you don't talk about your politics is different than trying to be a chameleon and lying about it and like adapting yourself to the situation in that sense. I think, I think so in turn is this kinds of comes, comes into justice, which we'll talk about next episode. But, uh, you know, according to the objectivist principles, when there's something immoral happening, all you have to do is say you disagree. And if you just say you like I and so you just withhold moral sanction, but you don't have to get into like grandstanding for your principles every time, everywhere. Right. That's not required. And it is about your hierarchy of values. So obviously you have a family you need to feed and most of the society doesn't agree with your principles or your values. And so you have to factor that in, but you shouldn't act against your principles. And so if you thought that, if like if you were a cop and you were enforcing the laws that you really thought were immoral every day, that really does damage to your soul. Being a fireman and just being paid, if like if someone's an, a libertarian but they're a doctor, so they work for the government, that's not against their principles because there's only it's the government's force that is making them have to work for them. They want to be a doctor. That's their values that's in line with what they want and the government is imposing on them. If you want to do what you want, you have to work for us. And so it's the same. If you want to be a fire chief, they're saying you have to be a fire chief for us. Right. And so you have to work within that system. And at any point, what independence would say is you have to consistently be thinking and be engaged. Are they put making me compromise my principles or not? And really be aware of that, but not just make the decision. I'm a fire chief. And then for 10 years, not care about, oh, they infringe on a principle a little bit or a little bit. So it's a complicated situation. But okay, I think but, it's but what, arguably different than like being an anarchist in a conservative party be kind of like um, being an undercover cop infiltrating a criminal gang or something like that. Like you're pretending to be one of the criminals. Your ultimate goal is to bring down this criminal cartel. Um, but you got to act like 
like one of them, behave like one of them? One, I don't think so, is my gut reaction. And two, there shouldn't even really be criminal cartels in the first place because what are they provide? Like even the fact that there are criminal cartels that cops are infiltrating, those only exist in the first place largely because there's illicit goods that shouldn't be illegal but are. And so I'm having a hard time thinking of what a... Well, let's, let's, think, let's think of the mafia, right? Where their primary mode of, uh, of income is uh, extorting businesses, saying uh, the protection racket, racket, right? Where they go to businesses and say, hey, be ashamed if something happened to your place. You've got to pay us some money or something bad's going to happen, right? So clearly criminal, they're, they're threatening violence. Um, that's kind of how the mafia operates, right? So they're threatening to initiate force. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you're, you don't like this, so you infiltrate them, you try to rise through the ranks and, and find an opportunity, a place of weakness to bring them down or something like that. I mean, so you might have a valid point, uh, and I don't... You might that's have a valid what, point. how governments operate, right? I mean, they're essentially mafia mob rackets at large that people yeah so so maybe someone can be an anarchist in the conservative party and lie and get their way to the top but i think there's i'd be very hesitant to say that is acceptable writ large i think you still have to not lie essentially you have to navigate without lying and the example that comes to mind is in atlas shrugged there's francisco de Cagna, who's this like rich uh, copper magnet who pretends to be a playboy and pretends to still care about his business to help tank the society quicker, right? Um, but he doesn't lie. He's very, he either just doesn't pay attention or um, is honest with his motives and people don't believe him, right? I think it's different to kind of be consistently lying to people and pretending that you're something you're not. Um, and I don't know how I draw the analogy between the like government and an undercover cop. So I'd have to think about that more. Um, but I'm, I'm at least in my understanding, I'm an extremist about the living by principles and independence. Like I don't want to even have a friend or a job that I would have to not say what I thought once, because this is who I am. And I'm going to build my life around that. And I don't have a family. I can, I'm at a young enough age that I can build everything I want around that or die. <laughs> right? Um, right, right. But I don't have, I don't have these other issues at play at the moment. Um, but I was willing to just work at a coffee shop and not talk to anyone about my politics and just do a job rather than work for someone I had to not be my full honest self with. So that's my view. I think many people would, would have views less intense than that. Um, but I'd be hard pressed to see, I can't f- formulate it all right now, but I'd be hard pressed to see the other extreme. Um, cause that's what I did for a long time. I had a lot of the same principles I had now, but I did what I thought I needed to do to get power to then enact my values. Right. Um, and I just don't think, so I'm particularly sensitive to that. And I also don't think sure. it's actually, um, manageable. Fair enough. Well, I, I think, you know, I, I think I'm convinced that you can have integrity and be independent and infiltrate a mafia while lying to these evildoers um, about who you are. 
because the key is to not lie to yourself about who you are start believing the lies, I guess. Right. And that's the key aspect of independence and integrity from an intellectual standpoint. And I suppose if you're yeah. taking a long range view of the action standpoint of how do I enact my values, um, it really comes down to, I think, you know, if you're the undercover, undercover cop, how many people do you have to kill for the mafia to get in, right? And this kind of brings it back to the libertarian Nazi, right? Yeah, and yeah. so I do think it's more complex than just it's acceptable, yeah. I think. And that's where at any time you'd have to really think, is this a breach of my principles? Am I going to kill these 10 people to then try and get to the top of the mafia to prevent them from killing 100 or whatever? I think it's a you know complex. Yeah, and I, I definitely wouldn't be comfortable with actually harming people um that that's where i would draw the line i don't know if i have a good argument against you know making those kind of trolley cart decisions where i pull the lever to kill one person to avert it the trolley from killing 10 people uh you know i well, i don't know how realistic those scenarios are and i would try to yeah. avoid them at all if possible so and at any point in time it comes down to bringing it back to independence, you have to make that decision at the time. You have to decide who are those 10 people, who's this one person, who do I, what group do I care about more if that random scenario happened to happen? And same with, yeah, there are cops, there are military who do kill. They don't want to kill, but they know and believe in their rational judgment, hopefully, that this is what is best and they can make that decision. And so it's really still about what do you think and you making the right decision in any situation. And that's the same with maybe I'm wrong and my view on the, yeah, the anarchist in the conservative party is wrong. That's my judgment. I wouldn't do it, but that's also based not just on what is right, quote unquote, or what is good, but my hierarchy of values and how important not faking is to me because of the experiences I've had in the past. But that could be different for someone else as well. Yeah. So it's not like these are prescriptive in all of these objectives. Yeah principles no and, not prescriptive right right and to be honest with you i don't feel comfortable uh, i wouldn't feel comfortable going into the conservative party either mm -hmm. and pretending to be someone i'm not and trying to you know uh but i i often try to think about well what, what do i think about I, i'm pretty sure there are libertarians and maybe even anarchists in who are sitting mps right now mm -hmm. uh who we don't know about and what do i think about these people and at the end of the day I would rather have these people there than someone who's a, a statist, even if that person is. Um, but how many, it's, it's, you know, how many measures will they vote in favor of that they disagree with, right? How many, like, yeah. I don't think that's principled, right? To consistent. Right. No, it's not. It, it, it probably, and this is why I wouldn't do it, but mm -hmm. why I, I don't have a particular problem with these people doing it. Like I would rather have an anarchist voting in favor of, all the, the status quo conservative things and have a statist who's enthusiastic about it. Cause I know that anarchist might be doing some backroom influencing. They might be trying to do whatever right. they can with, within that situation. I think it's severely limited. I think that when mm -hmm. you have to operate, when you put yourself in a prison of that kind, right. Where you can only like, you're basically self isolating, right? You are putting yourself in a very narrow thing where you can't operate. And I just think, I just don't think it's a good strategy uh, but I, to me, it's more of a disagreement on strategy than me saying, I don't think that guy's principled. I think that he's just put himself in a cage where 
yeah he, he has to do you know unsavory things my, to survive but i still have my initial thinking that i think it would be extremely difficult to actually stay in principle than have integrity in that situation because you'd be consistently asked to not enact your values oh just vote for this one or just vote for that yeah. one or oh well maybe after a hundred you'll get to have one of the things you want or whatever and so when you compromise on principles it's a slippery slope let's say yeah that's fair all right so to wrap up we this went in a few different directions than i expected but it was an enjoyable conversation but we're supposed to what are what's something that you're going to change in your life around the aspect of independence of thinking for yourself and acting on uh, your assessment of reality rather than acting on other people. Well, I'm going to quit my job and move my family out to the middle of the wilderness and we will live there in complete. uh, No, uh, no. Remember that's not what it's about. It's not (laughs) isolation. Right. Well, no, and that this is it. I think right now it is, you know, independence is a challenge given the the widespread panic about COVID-19, right? Mm-hmm. And I find myself even getting sucked in by a little bit of the panic, right? Especially people, like I'm especially sensitive to people who say things like libertarians have lost the plot here. This is like, I'm a libertarian, but obviously we need, uh, draconian measures right now to blah 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 mm-hmm. um it, it's it's tempting to get yeah. sucked into that and like kind of like that's kind of emotional manipulation but on people that post stuff like that trying to mm-hmm. like trying to make you feel guilty or whatever for thinking yeah. we don't need all this government intervention so to me it's a reminder that yeah i need to focus on rationality focus on um thinking for myself through these things and stick with my principles, come hell or high water kind of thing. That's what the principles are for. They're, they are there for crisis times more than anything. And mm-hmm. dropping our principles in a time of crisis, you know, my, my instinct should be towards liberty, not towards uh, security here. And, and I need to, to maintain that independent thought. So it's, it's a good reminder of uh, the, that it's a virtue to be independent and not a vice, no matter the world be against my particular thoughts here. Yeah. And for me, I think, especially when it comes to politics and the pandemic is what's, you know, the political mainstay right now anyways, but I don't, I've really stopped caring about politics. And so I have a tendency to just lean on what I think the objectivist view is or my knowledge of the objectivist view rather than actually thinking through what is my view. So I think I've became, become, specifically with respect to politics, a bit lazy in my thinking. And I'm, I don't, I've not been enacting independence in my thinking because, but if, if I'm going to make statements and if I'm going to actually hold any conclusions in my mind about these things, I do really need to think through them for myself. And so even though I've dismissed the, the mob mentality, it's not good to just then jump into the objectivist mob, even though it's smaller. So I think I need to do that. Um, more so. Good. Cool. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, David.